dance when the moon is high. The shadows dance, evil will rise. The world between the living and the dead is dense. So now is the time to let the horror you know again. Hey, and thank you for joining the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. I'm Trip. And as always, I'm Darren. Okay, this week we're going to be talking about some really, really cool stuff. And the guy heading it up is going to be the Trinster. So, Trent, wait, what? what? I'm doing this episode? Uh, oh, yes. yes. You were nominated You were nominated as tribute. <laughs> well, so I'm already deterring from our, uh, our overall concept with this podcast because we're actually going to do a new movie. Well, new as of this recording. I'm not sure when this episode actually releases, but as of It'll this recording, of <laughs> this movie came out like last week because we're going to talk about Malignant. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I feel like it is a horror movie that's kind of it's got taking the buzz. It has the buzz. I almost said taking the internet by storm. I don't know if that's the correct. Is that porn you were talking about? Oh, that was my lick. <laughs> my lick nuts. Okay. Yes. My lick nuts. <laughs> hmm. Not and any views of my lick. By James Wang. James Wang. So, yeah. Not James Wang. Uh, <laughs> that's actually our other podcast. This is the horror Sorry. podcast. Sorry. Not to be confused we, with the horror podcast. We got our podcast <laughs> nights mixed up. But no, I wanted to. I talked to Means and everybody into doing an episode on this because. You know, we all watched it. We all have thoughts on it. it. It's a very divisive movie, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, it's not really based on a true story, kind of like some of our other episodes have been. Um, so I'm kind of breaking away from the path with that, too. But we did a little digging, and there are some, uh, you know, there's a little bit of things we could talk about, I guess, as it pertains to the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we pause for a second? Why do you have two fronts hanging up like screwdrivers in your car? Yeah, uh, just let me know. Control yourself. Man. I was all in what this man was saying, and so, then I just noticed this guy. So we had to pause it because I had a pretty good run too, and you just it is laughing so hard because Trent's <laughs> wife is a hoarder, apparently because she's a couponer, and they have toothbrushes hanging on. Oh, you don't want to check in those drawers behind me <laughs> either. What do we got? What's gonna roll out of there? Oh, we, what in the you guys could shave like Sasquatch oh with God. this. <laughs> this is like a horror movie where you find out there's like knives. I'm never swords. hosting again. <laughs> Look at that. We're just ransacking your house. Scopes. Oh my God, is like there I a body some. in here? Am I never hosting again? He means we'll never be invited back. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh, well, well I think I'll take my complimentary toothbrush on the way. Not now you won't. Not now. <laughs> so what? how are you going to notice if I take one behind your back? So for the we first, have an inventory. The first new pa- Patreons will give away a couple of new <laughs> toothbrushes and a Tom's thing of a White shiny toothpaste, some there. Irish Spring, so some scopes. So stick, tune in for some Oral B. Nothing. Just some B, some Kleenex uh, toilet paper up in the right corner. So yeah, <laughs> check us out on Patreon. Is this all going in the episode? Oh, he has everything in his garage except for tools. I have tools. I feel like I just walked into you. a fucking <laughs> Sam's Club when I walked out of the garage with a little bag of tools over here in the corner. <laughs> That's to install the fucking toothbrush holders. <laughs> All right, back to I'm Malignant. Sorry. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. 
Are we still keeping all that in? I respect your oral hygiene. Thank you, man. I'm not knocking it. I'm I'm sharing a mic with you, so I feel like I should probably go get some (laughs) over there or something. I don't want you to have to. You want some toothpaste? There's probably some behind me over here. I've had a lot of charcuterie, so I don't want that coming back in. (sighs) Oh, yeah. Bringing up the charcuterie. What would we have this time? Trent, what did you have for us? Nice little spread. Well, we had uh, a spread of, of... Wheat Thins and Ritz crackers with some cheeses. Uh, Wheat Thins. Wheat Thins. We had some uh, jalapeno pimento cheese that I don't think anybody touched. I touched it. Did you eat it? (laughs) Did you actually stick your finger in it? And we had hot dogs around a roaring campfire because we actually watched our movie outside on the projector tonight. Roaring as in I had to literally lay my hot dog on a stick to get it to burn. And Oh, beverages? Yeah, your delicious drink. Yeah, my concoction of rum and lemonade and sprite so yeah there's some fruit in there and what do we call that drink you made up Trent? i don't know we don't it needs a name need a you name. guys want to give it a name if if we have social media by now by this episode we will put the uh the drink on the social media so you guys can make it for yourself but we'll we'll come up with a name and we'll put it on that or we're open to i mean i can't right? i can't be yeah, the first person to make this concoction it probably has a name somewhere that i just don't know but as far as i'm concerned it's Fuzzy pussy no, that's mm. oh god! You, that, that should have peach schnapps in it. <laughs> you kissed your mother on the lips with that mouth. <laughs> Only when my dad's not kissing. Me. <laughs> well, the good news is, if good you feel dirty god, this went off the rails fast. If you feel dirty afterwards, there's eighteen hundred fucking toothbrushes behind <laughs> yeah. you. Could call it Malibu juice. Oh my god. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> You're never invited back. Yeah, go uh, to the window, actually. Uh, I deserve that. <laughs> so, Trent, <laughs> you were you were you were telling us something earlier that you probably have no fucking idea at this point now. I think we were talking about malignant. If yes. I remember correctly. Yes. Malignuts. Malignuts. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. There's not there's not like a whole lot of uh it's not based on a real story that, you know, that has been admitted yet. There's not a whole lot of truth behind it. There is some kind of scientific, you know, medical side of it we could get into a little bit. There is kind of a, a, a legend of a, a man that I think Means will tell us about that might have some the inspiration to it. Um, but I wanted to talk about I'm it because... talking about me. I already oh. have my own legend. <laughs> not the man, the myth, the legend, the means. I want to talk about it because it's just... It's it's just it's a movie that needs talked about. And before we get too far into it, um, we're obviously going to be talking spoilers about this movie. So if you have not watched *Malignant*, stop this podcast right now. If you're even still listening after our tangent, and go watch *Malignant*. And I'm telling you this right now because I don't even want to read the synopsis before this because I feel like this is a type of movie you need to go in knowing absolutely nothing about because that's the, kind of the way I watched it. I don't know how you three approached malignant i watched like the one trailer which i'll be honest i don't even remember much about it wasn't like that right big of a trailer it's not like you were going to gather anything from that trailer because they take you in a completely different direction. yeah the only thing i knew it was james wan directing horror again which i think he hadn't done since what insidious or not insidious um conjuring Conjuring two maybe he did the big blockbuster movies with fast and furious seven and then Aquaman. aquaman made a lot of money and this is kind of people on the internet have called this like his blank check movie like he made a billion dollars for warner brothers with aquaman and he's like all right give me all the money i need to make this movie and i can just go nuts with it so and that's kind of what he does so he definitely went nuts with it you guys also didn't have any sort of 
ideas or anything as far I mean, as... I just have to say, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm hoping we have a lot of listeners by now, and at we least, should, at least in the- uh, you're probably a horror fan, and if you haven't seen Malignant, you're a piece of shit. So go out and <laughs> stop this right now, go watch it, and then come back and start listening. Never mind, we went from a million to two. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you're I'm, a fan. You know what's up. That's You've right. seen it. That's right. And for anybody, Trent, if your mother's listening, I apologize. It's Sweet Carol right now. Well, I know she hasn't seen the movie, so does that make her a piece of shit? <laughs> His words, Carol. Ooh. His words. <laughs> I like you, Carol. We so, love. She's not love listening, you. nor does she even know this podcast exists. Okay, she will. I guess I'll start. I'll just start with the uh, the basic synopsis of the movie, and then we can kind of get into what it's about, and we can get into. Some of the the truths that maybe it's are we built talking around. truths first, or are we talking movie first? I'm just going to give a brief synopsis of the movie because I feel like you have to have a basic kind of understanding of the plot before we yeah. get into what we get into. That's I mean, does that make sense to That's you? Fine. All? Here here's the basic summary, which again is probably going to tell you nothing, but um, it's better to know nothing going into this movie. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. So I don't want to go like beat for beat of the story, but I am going to kind of go, you know, dive into what this movie's about. So here's your last spoiler warning. So it's Malignant's about this woman named Madison and she, okay, I'm trying to think of how to get into this. So the movie opens on like this child, like, was it like a child's hospital, I guess, or something like, like a that? Psychiatric, psychiatric hospital of some sort, like an asylum, if you will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dark and stormy out. Mind me of that mid nineties like house on haunted hill. Exactly, kind of it had yes. very much throwbacks yeah. vibes right out the gate. This castle of a of a fucking asylum. It was like a cliffside ca- yeah. castle. Yeah, it was actually a really nice scenery. So you knew. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of The Shining when they're driving up to the hotel and they show that that kind of scene that where it shows the out the overlook yes. um, from from the side view on that cliff. As they're driving that, that little <laughs> shitty car, so um, I think it. I think it's definitely a nod to the seventies, eighties. For sure, one is definitely a fan of, as we all are. And I'm sure we probably specifically means we'll get into that too here in here in a little bit. But um, so like the whole first like prologue scene is basically like some they're about to start some procedure. You don't really see who they're talking about. Um, it's been a week since I've watched it, so I'm already fuzzy on the details. But basically, it like boils down to like this main doctor's recording all this. This woman doctor whose character's name I forget, but it's irrelevant right doctor. now. Doctor. We'll just call her doctor. And she's like, let's cut this cancer out. And then you see kind of them dragging or taking this like young child to this room. And then like you don't really see it right away yet, but you see this like kind of gnarly looking thing that they're trying to cut off of this person or do something to. So yeah. right away you're thinking like, what are your all thoughts? Like right away, there there's twins that they're separating. There's like a like an abnormal growth, obviously on something that they're. I mean, it's kind of vague, but kind I, of it, it's, it's very vague. Yeah, which I mean, is meant kinda, to be vague. I kind of had like a alien type weird vibe, like it was experimental. Yeah, because it's it's obscure behind the uh, an obscured curtain, so you can't really see. You just catch a glimpse, and the way it's shrieking and the way it's moving. You can kind of see that it's small, like kind of Skinny, a supernatural type yeah. thing or alien, like if if you want to go that route, like uh, like something out of uh the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it definitely it didn't go the direction I thought it was gonna go based on the previews. Did and you really have tele- an expectation for the direction though? Yeah, yeah, I did. 
and I shouldn't have because <laughs> James Wan has been everywhere. Um, saw uh, Dead Silence, which we'll get into later, and then The Conjuring Insidious. These are not all the same. These are all very different styles, which obviously The Conjuring and Conjuring 2 are kind of the same, but the, his his style between that and Insidious and this one and Dead Silence and Saw and all these movies, uh, he's not just, he doesn't just stick straight to it. Right. In, in one man's opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, I haven't seen his full library of movies. I've seen the more mainstream ones, obviously Insidious and Conjuring and... Yeah, I agree. Saul is probably the biggest uh, difference of those three. I feel like Insidious and Conjuring are, are similar. They're kind of cousins in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. Just from his style. But, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I was kind of maybe thinking it would be kind of along those lines, the Insidious and Conjuring lines again. And then, like, mm-hmm. already we're already in this totally different direction just from this first scene. So, this is in the first five minutes, right? This yeah. Is yeah, and I'll, I'll speed up and a little had bit, like too. A, it had, like, a seven uh, prologue. Like the movie Seven, yeah, where it showed all those images and medical, yeah, uh, like all the stuff laid out. It was very table. like was early two thousands nineties. Which, of. by the way, if you guys go back and watch it, I don't know if you noticed this, but if you actually, which I did, if you go back and you actually pause it when they're doing that, they're pretty much giving they give you the, the secret yeah. movie, yeah. And you don't get you don't get it unless you go back and watch. Right, it. good Easter egg hunting. My friend, I had no expectations for this movie other than the fact that Mean so this last week. We either love it or hate it. So I no fun fact. Like I, I, love it. I don't know your opinion on it yet. So I hope uh, he knows he mine. Gets... He doesn't know yours. Oh. So I'll be excited to hear that him. later. So anyway, I, I know I'm going slow right now. I'll kind of speed up through the plot a little bit. But basically, that That's was the good. prologue. That kind of sets the the whole movie up. And then we fast forward to this woman, who I mean, I assumed it was the same woman from the. From the prologue maybe that wasn't meant to be super obvious but anyway there's this grown woman who is pregnant and she has this abusive husband they've tried to get pregnant many times i forget how many but several and she's like lost the baby and miscarried every single time and her husband's a douchebag and they get into an argument he like slams her head against the wall which by the way the very very vicious slamming of a head into the wall i was like it caught by, me off guard a little bit when i was watching. by an archangel at that by an, yeah that was uh an archangel if What's anybody, his name from Supernatural? Supernatural? Man, he was Michael. He was the other Winchester brother. He was the third brother. When we were watching, I asked Jess, I was like, "Who is that? I know that's someone." And yeah. she's like, "Supernatural." I, I recognize like, him from being on Bates Motel as really? the older brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bates Motel, Supernatural. So I had an argument with my daughters. They thought he punched her in the stomach too, and I'm like, "It kind of looked like it. Kind of. He had like this weird, worst. like, double, like." Yeah, handed move. I didn't he, know. Like I was like, did he punch her in the stomach? Did he just cause him, you know, her to miscarry? It's kind of weird. It was a weird scene, but I like. I mean, it was very violent. It was violent. It was just like bang, caught you off guard, and it was like, oh shit. And then okay, so she's bleeding profusely from the back of her head. Doesn't go to the hospital like an idiot. And <laughs> locks herself in the bathroom, which I can understand. You have an abusive husband. You want to get away from him and get to safety. But anyway, so. We get our first kill of the movie. I know I'm going through scene for scene. Like I said, I wouldn't, but I swear I'll speed it up in a minute. But um, basically this like shadowy creature kind of comes out of nowhere and, and brutally murders the husband. It's kind of a supernatural scene. The lights flicker. It's kind of like it looks like a classic ghost story. Um, and so, that, I mean, that's where my mind went anyway when I was watching. I was like, oh, okay, a haunting or a supernatural creature yeah. of some sort. Um the woman wakes, but the woman like sees it. I think she's like watching it somehow. She can see it unfold, 
And so she does wind up in the hospital, yada, yada, yada. I'm trying to speed through this just so we can get to the, the meat of it. But basically, this creature starts murdering all of these people that are kind of connected to this girl. And she can see them like she'll be standing in a room and all of a sudden the room will kind of dissipate. And then another scene will appear around her. And she's like watching this shadowy figure, creature, whatever you want to call it, killing these people. And it goes through this list of people, like all the doctors that were there in that first scene. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There was a kind of a, a mystery woman that it captures, too, I think. Yeah, you guys can jump in if I'm missing yeah, any definitely, details. Definitely, um, there there is uh, a mystery woman who doesn't necessarily tie in. So now you're kind of wondering, like, which like, I had some theories about her. This? Right, obviously, uh, yeah. yeah. You you'd you'd have to kind of wonder where she ties in because, like you said, she's not she's not a part of the actual hospital staff. So it's like, what is her purpose? And you know, it's going to tie in. It has to because why would this thing be going after this woman? And I forgot to mention, too, which is pretty important to the story, but this woman, Madison, we find out she's adopted and she has an adoptive, adopted, adoptive sister who she's pretty close with and who's trying to kind of help her out through this whole ordeal, too. So all well, of these... the time doesn't know she's adopted, right? Like, yeah, the sister doesn't know. Later. I thought that was kind of funny when she was telling her, like, I'm adopted. Usually it's the other way around. <laughs> Someone tells the right. kid they're Oh, I'm adopted. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's quite, to, it's quite far into the movie, too. they tell that. That she was adopted. Yeah. BT dub. Like you were talking about like the that first scene where her her boyfriend gets killed. I at first, because everything was kind of weird up to that point, because I was trying to figure out the first scene still at that point. Right. right? And still I then I'm trying to connect what happened. And I'm telling you, I really like in my mind had two or three scenarios in my head that I was like, is she astral projecting this? Is she making this happen? My, okay, is I there a see ghost that. or is she tied into some kind of experiment from these people that did something? And yeah, it's like, like she's still telekinesis in the type and she's like psych, psychic yeah. type thing. She's trapped in her own mind. That's why reality yeah. keeps distorting. And, and I really didn't keep... know what was going on. So it kind of kept me guessing for a while, at least, you know, what was really happening. And I, I kind of, you know, I didn't know anything. Like I, I I'm like you, I, I went in with no expectations i just knew it was a james wan film but it was nothing like i'd ever seen him do before so i was just kind of in my rolodex of seeing a lot of horror i was like how is this playing out how right. does this connect with the first scene so my initial guess during this part of the movie where we're still kind of figuring it out um before we get to what actually it is uh but my initial guess was they they were like conjoined twins that they separated in that original scene. And then maybe this one that they separated was like evil and somehow lived and came back. And maybe they had a psychic connection like twins kind of sometimes have. But they've already done that with the great basket case and Belial. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yes. You couldn't do that again. And honestly, not to bury Which the Which is ironic because actually before I watched this, I brought that movie up to you. Yes, we talked about <laughs> yes. basket case. Not to bury the lead, but it's not too far off of that. But it is off in a very kind of crazy bananas way too. But yeah. that was my initial thinking at this point in the movie. Like, okay. Cause she, like you said, she's seeing all these scenes, astral projection maybe, or like a psychic connection with a twin or, you know, obviously whatever was removed was a part of her. And so yeah. she has some sort of connection with it. So that's kind of where my mind is right now. Um, but then later, you know, like I said, they kind of tease you at the beginning with that first scene. Um, 
The that, mosquitoes are thick out here, that boys. First, <laughs> that first scene had a real kind of supernatural vibe. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking ghost or, or something, spirit or something. But then later there's this scene where, no, you actually see this creature and he's like interacting. He's running. And then there's that really awesome scene where the, the policeman chases him through the dingy alleys of Seattle or where this nice. movie takes yeah, place. Yeah, I, I agree. I love that whole, whole like underground because that's real. I mean the space like with the carriages real, and stuff, like all the stuff that was underground, like the underground city of Seattle, like that's that actually very a real, real tight place. It, it was not awesome, the way it looks. Also like man, right. stop chasing this thing farther down. But I'm thinking, yeah, like, yeah, it was kind of angering me too. I'm like, fucking idiot, why would you chase that thing down there like yeah. that? Because it's idiot because he's also a cop, so it's his job to pursue this. Right, but at the same time, cops are still chicken shit every now and then. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's okay to be. And you call for backup because this thing was not moving naturally; it was moving supernaturally. It was, and, and I didn't pick the up the way on it was first. going down the rail. I just and, thought it was a method or something, you know. Oh my god I, I thought maybe it was just kind of a, a janky like you know sometimes in horror movies creatures move in kind of weird janky which I just is kind more of, of a reason not to chase it in an right? underground fucking city though right? which by the way you're saying those things are real in Seattle those underground little with like not the, that in particular but they did build partially on top San Francisco is the same way because so that was a common thing back then on coastal cities because Boston I think has one too um, they can't they can't expand out because they're kind of landlocked in certain areas. So they would expand upward and they would rebuild up on just like Manhattan. Manhattan did the same thing because it's basically it's not quite trash, but parts of Staten Island, parts of Manhattan didn't they, built they, they, on trash. And then they they build it over some like underground like train stations and yes. stuff too. Yes. So all that all that stuff still Ninja like, Turtles yeah. taught me that. They live in a train station. I mean, I've got a friend that lives in New York, and we've actually seen some of those old subway systems. Washington, D.C. It would be cool to see that fucking thing running down there. Or would it? No, it would be terrifying. It'd be cool to see. It doesn't mean we have to chase it. Ian. I don't want it in the same vicinity as me, brother. So it's coming from Wells over here. Day. Wells over here taking a sip. He's like, "Yeah, I'd chase the motherfucker." Oh, <laughs> oh whatever, bro. And this coming from a man who likes to go to Indiana's top ten most haunted places and search for spirits. Yeah, nothing that's actually <laughs> solid yeah. and running in front of me, all shapeshifter like running backwards with the left hand. Yeah, on the right we just arm. proved my point because we've we learned during this part that it is a solid actual thing. Like it's not a ghost or a creature. Yeah, I mean he's shooting at it. He's chasing it. It's like doing parkour and flips and shit off of fire escapes, and it's just like it's a real thing. And he goes down to this underground little lair, which kind of confused me when I'm watching it because it established before that that he had his like headquarters up in this like some sort of house or attic or something, loft of some sort. So I'm like, is this like? So that kind of confused me. I thought maybe he was leading him down there, and I was like, that's not the same place from before. But that's irrelevant. Well, he was chasing that thing, and I'm like, well, at least he knows it's real now. But that really doesn't help out. And he obviously shops at like Hot Topic because, oh yes, that is a fact. <laughs> he had some cool ass clothes. Let's just the say. jacket that the it was, thing it was, was wearing. pretty awesome looking. So medicine your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll skip to the good part because I'm I'm establishing all of the 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 misleading parts of the movie so we can get to the good parts of the movie. The meat which, and potatoes, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so there's some more killings. There's some more what the heck's going on kind of thing. Um, the the loft that we talked about, that the creature was kind of like had his little setup. Um, that's where he took that 
woman originally and like tied her up. Didn't kill her for some reason, like he killed everyone else. So that's already kind of suspicious. But anyway, we realize later that that loft is actually Madison, the main girl's attic, because the woman like falls through the roof. And we realize, holy shit, this creature is somehow either living up there or taking his victims Which, by there. The way, what a wild fucking scene. That right. woman falls through and then everybody just turns and looks and it's in the yeah. living room. Like, did you guys ever think, like, that this was going to be in her actual fucking house? No. Absolutely. no. I thought they were going to have to find her somewhere. Plus, two, my daughters, when I watched it with them, my one daughter kept on saying, why does that character look like the other character? And she yeah. kept on being like, you know, she was like, is that supposed to be her? What was hey, going hey, on? Hey, 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 don't get, don't get too far ahead yet. I'm, I'm just telling you, we were, this was very, <laughs> Anyone very, listening has seen the movie confusing. at this point. And that's the thing, like, when you get, I'm not going to tell you the end yet. Um, we're not going to have Tarantino or this shit, but once you get to the end and you, the mind fuck happens, you're like, oh my God. If, if you go back and watch it again, there's so many breadcrumbs. Yeah. And it confuses you. I mean, it's designed to confu- yeah. be confusing the entire But night. then when you see it, it's like, holy shit, it's actually so obvious. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about James Wan, though, is he gives you stuff oh, yeah. to make you think that this is going to happen, but it really doesn't happen. Well, that Ian Wells and his hair. He's got beautiful hair. That's right. So I just want to say that. <laughs> it's true. His, his like, uh, black and The red scene tips. with the shadow outside. Awesome. Like, you think this thing's going to like come inside, and then she goes around the back, and the door's open. You're like, oh, shit, it's already in the house. But there was never a thing outside. That was just what she was seeing. That was all her it could have been. She could have been a thing outside. She may have went outside to check the mail. <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot. So speeding through some more, hopefully. Uh the woman, Madison, she gets arrested because this woman is tied up in her base or her not her basement, her attic, and she's connected with all these crimes. So she's arrested, thrown in jail. Meanwhile, the sister who is with her every step of the way and very supportive, very good sister, by the way. Yeah. She very does, hot sister too. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say it. I'll say it. <laughs> say it, Ian. Hey, I'll say it, boys. Who's listening to this anyway? Just yeah, I've, I've seen her in stuff before, and I've always thought she was a very attractive woman. Yes, very well put. Thank you. She's, she's <laughs> very respectful. She's very well put. So while Madison she is very well put. While Madison is, is in jail, the sister whose name escapes me, anybody? No, irrelevant. Uh, I want to say she was like a Sarah Sydney. Or something. Was it Sydney? Sydney? What's that? Okay, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> was it some spookies outside here? Um, I think it might have been the base in that car outside, but it, it literally shook the garage door. Sydney, like, Sydney goes to the abandoned um, asylum, asylum, whatever that was at the beginning where we saw the prologue. She takes matters into her own hands. She knows that her sister's not responsible for this, so she goes to the asylum or the children's, whatever it was. Um, it's abandoned. She parks eerily close to the edge of the cliff. <laughs> Yeah, really funny. yeah. You know, it just—I think it's a sanitarium, isn't it? Kind of like Waverly Hills. It could have been. That's, I, a, that's a sanatorium. 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 They help yeah. sick people. Sanitariums help. That makes more sense. Sick people. Yeah. Wow. So she's going through like the old files. We're learning. We're learning. <laughs> you can we learn are. stuff on this podcast. It's supposed to be educational. Uh, that's you know, right. True stories. Yeah. So. And her what? Her name was Sydney Lake. Sydney Lake. Lake. So she's in the old sanatorium or whatever you want to call it. And she's digging through all the old files, finds like pretty easily, I might add, but finds her uh, sister. We don't know how long she was actually there. It could have been in alphabetical order. Let's clarify this once again. It's a sanitarium she was at. Sanitarium. Get it right. Sanatorium was for sick people, like people that had diseases. Oh, 
and shit. Like, like tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Wouldn't a cancerous tumor have been like a disease? In a way, yeah, but I don't feel like everybody else there was being treated for that. So I think she was kind of the anomaly, if you will. Could be right. Anyway, <laughs> I, wish so, we, I wish we videotaped this with. <laughs> oh man, I love his facial. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's all right. Once we hit that that one million subscribers, which we will next week, uh, Patreon. Yeah. Once once we do that, we will start doing some some live sessions. Uh, we will actually probably have to tie Trent to a chair and force the camera on him. But we're gonna do, we're gonna do it. So so yeah, that's that's a great scene too because that scene that you're talking about in particular, where Sydney. Every time I say that, I think of Sydney from uh, Scream. Yeah, well, I, I get I get uh, Cindy from uh, Scary Movie. Cindy! Stuck in my head. That <laughs> oh, stupid yeah. scream. So anyway, <laughs> back to back to what you were saying, Trent. When she's in there and she's searching for these files, and then she hears some spookies going on behind her, mm-hmm. and she stops and she looks over her shoulder. James Wan builds so much fucking tension, and we talked about this when we were talking about the... Oh, we'll get into. Uh, Are you chapsticking and staring at me right now? <laughs> so anyway, we'll get into James Wan's genius once we start reviewing and breaking down. But the yeah, and, uh, and yeah, if I you agree. haven't checked out our Conjuring podcast, good, you can't yet because it's not up. But by the time uh, <laughs> I say this sentence, it could be. But the moral of the story is, we do talk about James Wan and his genius and how he likes to set tension and and build oh, yeah. up with sounds and, and creepy vibes and all that good shit. And that's what I love about him. And he definitely sets that up in that scene. And then it just cuts to the next scene. And I love that. It cuts to the next scene. And it's like almost a totally different movie from this point on, because as she's watching yeah. the old video footage that the doctors and stuff were recording from, from the very first scene, we learn that the thing that, so we learned that the, the patient at the beginning was in fact Mallory not so, Mallory. Madison. We're not getting Mallory. Alerts. Mallory. Coming up. Turn this off. Go watch the movie if you haven't. Come back. I hope to God you've watched the movie if you're still listening Gosh, to this part. Because we slap you if you haven't. <laughs> what are you doing piece here? Of sh- no. Having it's your fault and we really don't want to. He just censored himself on a non-censored podcast. You piece of sh- <laughs> Okay. So we learned that the the kid in the beginning is in fact Madison. And she was, what, like eight, ten-year-old girl. And we learned that the thing, I guess, that the, the cancer that needed removing was this teratoma, which that's where we're going to get into a little bit of the realism here in a second, because those are actual things. It's an actual tumor. She has a teratoma that's been growing from the back of her head that has its own... An extreme teratoma. An extreme teratoma. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> get it right. <laughs> I should have watched that scene again before we did this. But an extreme teratoma. An extreme teratoma. Now, do you want to get into? Do you want to save that for later? Well, here I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and give us a definition of extreme teratoma. Well, I don't know what. I mean, I'll give you the definition of teratoma. Webster's Dictionary describes teratomas. A teratoma is a type of germ cell tumor that may contain several types of body tissue, which can include hair. And like bones and you know teeth, teeth. so pretty much Ian Torrance. I'm thinking more like you. You were the teratoma <laughs> on the head of life, sir. And the hair and muscle and bone, teeth, all that. So these are real things that can occur. They don't usually happen on the back of someone's head, which is where this one in the movie is taking place. It says here they occur most yes. often 
in the ovaries in women or the testicles of men. So oh, he God. and might give what? yourself a, oh, a, a they, once over. <laughs> and some they nut biter. They uh, <laughs> don't worry, baby. It's just my teratoma. I told you, you get that manscaping kit. You they appear <laughs> also in children's tailbones. No, that makes you wonder. Like, there's like that. I don't know if it's in a movie or something, but like, there's always that old joke where like a vagina has teeth. I wonder if that's like related. There's actually it's a movie, a movie called yeah. Teeth. Yeah. So I don't know. I know that's hmm. maybe that's oh, some. Uh, maybe had, we'll do some I've digging. Had a couple for that of movie. girls from Scott King. No. <laughs> oh, just, just kidding. Triple X made that joke in Blade too, where he's talking about that one vampire. He's like, oh, she's special because her teeth are located in her vagina. <laughs> Maybe she has a teratoma down there somewhere. Maybe. God. But Ma- uh, Madison has an extreme teratoma growing out of the back of her head, and they show it in all of its awesome glory because it's literally this like little bitty, like, Almost fetus oh looking God, creature I with wish, like the little stick arms coming off. Right now. <laughs> and he has like the little like gnarly teeth gnashing. Really good job with that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It was so freaky. And I thought Gabriel was in the room right now, honestly. All I, all I have to say, and this is, just, this is just one little kind of bitch gripe about the whole movie. There's a lot of little things. You got to suspend belief when. Hey, we're going to review it. We'll review right? it. But I just hate the fact that she, we find out this, the first thing I'm fucking thinking is did she never get a haircut in her life did nobody ever like figure no, but out like it was it well, was well, buried right yeah, could have, the, the scar was there nobody ever asked her about it well i mean she, she did come like, the hospital so they could just assume she had brain surgery she did she acted well, like she didn't even know it was there yeah like well, the scar yeah, but at the same time like if you're cutting i don't know why you would be cutting someone's she hair have a lot of hair if you're cutting somebody's hair and there's a scar you're gonna be like what the fuck is this about that's kind of that's kind of insensitive true. right true yeah. what's this Oh, it's just a little off the bed. Oh, God. Oh, God. And well, then, there's not a teratoma I mean, in there. I mean, then you show her, her, you show her and you're like, here, look at this look angle. Look at this look angle. This. You go in the mirror all That's what you look like. <laughs> now, I was frustrated so, a little earlier in the movie because she kept on just bleeding out of her head so much. And I was like, please, go get something done about your head. <laughs> right. But then we find out later. How many pillowcases are you going through? Yeah. <laughs> but then again, as a man, if my head was doing that, I wouldn't go to the hospital either. That much? Yeah, you're not supposed. There to was like a, a crater in the wall from where he, her husband threw. Like that was a. She's like big up time these hit. pillows soaked in blood. It's oh, because like, you guys don't wake up with a pillow soaked in blood. Come on, guys, we've been there. Not, a, not all. The time. I mean, she got the super punch, the yeah, double punch, the, the double. scion punch. <laughs> he did the Luke Cage punch from the end of Mortal Kombat. It's like so, a super kick from a uh, hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like. It did. No, so, it did. okay, so we see this teratoma creature growing off the back. Oh named Gabriel, by the way, which I don't even think I've name dropped him yet. His name is Gabriel. I got the motion back. Can you do the screech? I can't do the screech, but you it was screech. it was horrifying. It was fucked up looking. It was awesome looking. Why would they wait until this child is eight or ten years old to do something about this tumor? Get your fingers away from the table. I didn't you think I was the touching table. the table. I touched the table. Uh, so they, they explain that the... He can't help it, Darren. He's getting into character. <laughs> <laughs> so not only is it a teratumor, a teratumor, a teratumor. A teratumor. You know it's what? It's not a teratumor. It's not a tumor. It's also a parasitic a twin, which I don't know if those ever... I doubt those would ever go hand in hand. I don't know. That's some like two separate hand medical hand, things to me. Doom, doom. You don't question James Wan, man. I'm not questioning him. It's, Wan, we trust. This movie was never meant to be taken seriously once you've sat down and watched it and realized what he was trying to do. But it's a parasitic twin named Gabriel. It, rely, it depends on Madison's body to... 
live. I mean, they basically. share the same brain. They share a brain, right? so they couldn't remove him completely without killing her. He. We also learn later that he like what sustains or whatever from her, and that's why he like that's why she's lost all these babies because it like has been it's feeding off feeding of off of her body and killing the unborn babies and stuff in the process. So it's parasitic. It's parasit. It's like a parasite. Right. Yeah. So we're kind of like. Our guesses from before kind of close. You know, we thought maybe it was a, a conjoined twin that got separated, which it kind of was, but it was actually not a full flown, full fledged twin. It was a tumor, parasitic tumor that they removed. I think you just like saying that term. Tumor. Parasitic tumor. And so, again, they can't remove all of them without killing them, so, or without killing Madison. So she grows up with a little bit of Gabriel in her. That's oh, weird God. to say. In her brain. <laughs> oh, God. This. We could all be lucky as that. And oh, then Gabriel in us. I've never had a little Gabriel. A little Gabriel. <laughs> we all got a little Gabriel in us. <laughs> Not this guy. Get a few cocktails in me first. But he's been lying dormant in her brain, I guess, for all these years. But then suddenly when douchebag husband slams the back of her head into the wall, he wakes Gabriel up. And that's why, that's when he starts unleashing all of his terror. Because Gabriel can kind of... He's part of her brain, so he can kind of take control of her brain, and that's why she was starting to see all these visions because he can make her basically see what he wants her to see, and more or a, less. He's a telepathic too, right? Like he communicates. Through, he does. He radio and and uh, uh, lights. And, he's apparently a technopath too. He communicates through like electricity and radio waves. Yeah, because he he does kind of speak we'll through the radio path. He's a psychopath. He is now. I see, know, was he yes. really? Was he not? He because I feel like everybody he killed was killed kind of a, a douchebag. Well, he was well, very yeah, offended that all these... Yeah, I was going to say, killed, I don't you know? slaughter all of them. The well, you're you not coming from me and Wells. That's true. But Nobody tried to cut you out of somebody's body and kill you. Well, I'll give you that. Yeah, he wanted... know of. He was getting his revenge against the doctors, because obviously that's who all he targeted. A Cub Scout leader that one time tried to... Oh, forget <laughs> so before so sorry I'm I'm building all this up to get to the best parts of the movie before I do that I have one last thing to say the mystery woman these from aren't before, the best parts apparently no I mean these they are, are some but of the best parts they are but the whole movie was the best part for me the the mystery woman from before the us, one that he did not kill oh, now we know I mean no it was okay. we'll edit that sorry. out later sorry. <laughs> sorry Trent go that's all right the mystery woman from before that he did not kill for some reason, we learned via Sydney and watching all of the old tapes and stuff that that was actually Madison's birth mother who gave the kid up to the hospital, kids. I guess. First of all, kids. Kid. <laughs> it's true. Come on. Her and Gabriel, yeah. Have some respect for the tumors there. So, um, so yeah, anyway, that's who that woman was. Um, that all reveal of, was also amazing. Oh, that was a good reveal. The all while this is happening, Madison is sitting in a jail cell, getting rudely picked on by a bunch of very uh, masculine women <laughs> in a jail cell. Jail cell. Sale. But they looked very fake. Get back masculine. in your cell. Yeah, it was like your classic like cut off flannel shirt and mullet. Yeah. And, like it was kind now, of the. Granted, none of us have ever been in prison with women before. Well, Ian actually worked as in a women's person prison. who's worked in a women's prison. It was more like a jail a holding cell jail. kind of thing too. That was way over exaggerated. <laughs> but it was fun. It made <laughs> it, it made fun. the scene that much better though because of what had, happens. Like Foxy next. Brown, and then you had yeah. which I think, and again, James James Wan, not to be confused with James Wang. He uh, he, <laughs> he loves the throwback of seventies, eighties. Yeah, and these were your typical. 70s, 80s characters, yeah. like the overdone 
butch look. Yeah. The, the cut off flannel that yeah. you were yeah. referring to. That was one part that made me giggle when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> so these women are all like picking on Madison. They're like shoving around. And anyway, long Long story short, getting the best part here is that Gabriel finally part, has God, had enough. He's a psychopath. He reveals himself in the best possible scene you can he imagine because he pulls his pants down. He, he yeah, hello to me. Why am I hosting? <laughs> <laughs> that scene was absolutely disgusting, and I loved every second of it. So Gabriel literally, like, we find out. We found out just a few minutes before that he's a part of Madison, but we also find out that he can control her body because he basically snaps her arms around backwards and then like rips her scalp open basically and little Gabriel's gnarly face comes out of the back of her skull and now all of a sudden it's Madison but she's totally backwards because it's like Lord Voldemort from Harry Potter (laughs) he's just like he's using her body but backwards because he's on the back of her head and he just absolutely annihilates this holding cell full of of women in and very very brutal fashion I mean, very brutal which this movie awesome was special effects this movie had some gory kills it was oh, kind of gory up to this point anyway so it wasn't yeah. like out of nowhere gory like but this was just full balls to the wall like he's like ripping off arms and it was a great it was a great uh mashup of practical effects and cgi in this yeah. scene and I didn't know whether to be like freaked out or start laughing at this, like not in a bad way, but it was, it was so like the, ridiculous. It was like the church scene from Kingsman. The only thing missing in the background was free books kind of. wailing away in the background. <laughs> a little bit. So it was just total. like I said, it's like a totally different movie at this point because he just, just absolutely destroys everyone in this, pre- in this uh, precinct. It's not really a prison. It was like a little jail cell. And, it's a big-ass jail cell. And then he makes his way... Let me think. I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, there's that whole like action scene in the actual police precinct once he's out of the Kills actual pretty cell. Much every cop. Kills every cop. He's like, it's like there's this awesome like sort of one shot tracking shot where he just, just I don't know how else to describe it. He just well, and then the scene fucks these the people one, up. The one girl's hiding, you know, and like I, I think it was like the the evidence room. She's hiding, which also we were talking earlier. That is James Wan's wife yes. who helped co-write the story for the movie. Yes, so she's hiding, and then you just hear screaming and and a lot of chaos mm-hmm. and carnage happening in the background. I thought that was a perfect setup too for building suspense. And you know, like uh, Darren and I have talked about this before, but James Wan likes to show a lot of uh, uh, off-screen stuff. Or he likes to do a lot of stuff like where he sets up off screen. Like you can hear stuff happening, but you can't actually see it. And that's kind of like Spielberg with Jaws. Yeah, I feel like it kind of yeah. uh, he's kind of borrowing, you know, that there. So yeah. and again, I've always said this about James Wan. He he uh, he actually went on record saying that he wrote this movie thinking about the movies he grew up watching, which would be like your seventies, eighties Jaws, and I think uh, some other stuff uh, kind of entwined in there. And Trent, you keep going because I want to get to my favorite part here in a second. Well, I'm going to, like, that was kind of the whole, like, that's what the movie built towards, I feel like, was that scene in the cell and in the precinct um, because it just goes full balls to the wall, just absolutely crazy, action, gory, everything you would want. And I feel like that's where the movie gets real divisive with people, which we'll talk about that in a second, too. But anyway... To end the the actual run through of the movie, you know, Gabriel murders everyone there. He goes to the hospital because that's where um, the mother 
AKA the mystery woman from before. She's been in the hospital ever since she fell out of the attic because she did live through that. I should have mentioned that. Um, so he goes to the hospital. Sydney's there. He's, he's about to kill Sydney, the sister. And all of a sudden Madison realizes that she can take control and she takes control and kind of locks Gabriel away in this like mind prison. And that's kind of how it ends. I know that doesn't sound as exciting after all the buildup I gave it. But, it's um, definitely a cheesier ending, but like it's a, it's 70s, 80s. I didn't it's think it was cheesy. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of the way she, you expect. After you found out the big reveal. Which that I it kinda, was her. I kind of knew the big reveal a couple scenes before the reveal. I started figuring it out. Yeah, so but, the big shocker, aside from Gabriel being a part of her, is obviously that she was the one, not she, but her body was the one going out and actually killing everybody, but it was Gabriel controlling it, and that's why he moved around in the herky-jerky way because it was her back, like running backwards. And I kind of figured it out, though, after the one scene when she killed the... Uh, the man in the The man bed. and when... Or, or the, old, the old man, the old doctor. And she it showed her left hand on her right side of her body and it was going right. backwards. And I was like... Was Maybe thought it was continuity at first, but then I, you it, realized, it, no, it was, yeah. was just backwards. And I didn't say anything to my daughters, but I was like, this is her somehow. She's doing something weird somehow. Because like you said, your daughter thought they looked alike because Gabriel, obviously he had this kind of, he was very thin and he had long, dark kind of curly hair, like the Madison character, but he was more creepy looking, obviously. They didn't look like. To add what she said about that being her body and stuff like that, uh, the way they left it at the end, it seems like there's going to be a part two, but how is that going to be possible? Because Madison's definitely going to jail for the rest of her life. (laughs) Gabriel or not, she killed a whole (laughs) precinct full of cops. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see um, if this like jump starts a franchise. Maybe they pick up directly where this one ends because, like you said, it definitely kind of has a cliffhanger ending. It looks like Madison's in control and locks Gabriel away, but then you see like but what, a lamp flicker at the end, and yeah, like, we still also out there. Think like she had the two cops in the precinct that witnessed this. There's got to be cameras around that place. You know what I mean? It's it's a yeah, it's a precinct. Mm-hmm. So I think she may have that on her side. Maybe I'm di- diving too much into this, but at the same time, like. Uh, one of my favorite parts is actually the scene you guys are talking about her in the jail, but not like it's before she goes crazy and starts murdering all those people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's when she's sitting there and they're interrogating her and the phone rings and she says it's for you. And Gabriel starts talking to the cop. Yeah. Did you guys notice? He Gabriel says, dumb bitch didn't even know I've been living in her attic. Living in her attic, like of her mind, like uh, on yeah. top here. I thought that was kind of a segue, personally. That's, that's why I took from it. Lots of breadcrumbs and Easter eggs yeah. to go back and find. Yeah, I need to watch this movie again. I've only watched it once so far. That's why I'm fuzzy on some of the details. But I was also frustrated in that scene because to me, it seemed like he was acting like he didn't actually just go through a whole chase with Gabriel. Oh, the detective? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a little silly at times, but uh, overall, I didn't mind the detective, but. He was kind of giving weird vibes off. So, sorry, I don't mean to pivot away, but I mean, that's, that's the rundown yeah, that's of the movie. I wanted to make it through that. I know it took longer than I meant to with that, but um, that's basically the gist of the movie. We mentioned the a little bit. Down an hour later. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't this fault. There was a lot of banter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I mean, I want you guys to jump in on it and stuff, and we're going to kind of break it down more too, hopefully. But um, we mentioned the... Uh, I said there's not much of a real story behind it because I did some digging. I wanted there to be some truth to this crazy-ass movie. Obviously, there's not. 
Thank an, God, it's an original not... <laughs> story. It's not based on anything that actually happened. But like like we mentioned, there's a little bit of truth kind of to the medical side of things. Again, I don't expect anyone to have a, a Gabriel growing out of the back of their head. Oh God, please, but teratomas no. are real things. Uh, we discussed those already. Parasitic twins, I think, are. I mean, I think those are real things as well. I mean, a conjoined twin, that's basically what a conjoined twin can be if one is like thriving off the other to live. Right. I've read that that's real too. They they remove those immediately if they can because. Because if not, you'll like start growing extra like limbs. Well, that and like like they said in the movie, like Gabriel was was taking his toll on Madison and uh, he was kind of breaking her down. And I mean, and you got to think like, and I I get there's. Breaking her down. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Go back to James Wang. Oh, James Wang. So you got to think like, even though this is a supernatural aspect to the movie of, you know, Gabriel popping out of the back of her skull like that, her running backwards and the way she was twisting and using her limbs backwards, that can't be good for the human body. So by the way, that was an actual contortionist that they got for this movie to actually do those moves, which I thought was really cool. So that is really cool. But at the same time, like, do you think that, Somebody can move that well backwards like that. I mean, I'm sure there were some effects that enhanced it. Well, and I get that, but but I'm talking about when, when, and I don't know if you want to refer to, you can refer either way, Gabriel, Madison, whichever, uh, when Madison is fleeing the detective after that murder scene and she's (laughs) jumping, jumping everywhere from, from, from things like the Hulk. Yeah, but like ju- jumping means jumping that's when down you stop the, giving chase because you're like, nope. Yeah, I'm fucking with that. Shit. Down the stairs and stuff, and the way that they're la- that she's landing, it's like even if you're backwards as a contortionist, yeah. you know that's that's got. Well, that was my thing. That's got to suck. That was my thing too. I was like, when Madison finally took control and was herself again at the end, I was like, aren't her arms still broken? Like he literally like steps yeah. them back to like right. be able to operate. They literally cracked that about her skull though when he pulled it. Well, up. that too. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm not gonna question. Here's it. here's <laughs> where we have to suspend belief a little bit. But I, <clears throat> after I watched that scene mm. that you're talking about. I started questioning that in my mind because my daughters were like, what is going on? Right. They were just, they're, they're pretty basic horror people. They, they see crazy stuff like this. They're like, what? But they both liked it. Yeah. So I just wouldn't say that props on you, you girls. But anyway, uh, you raising them right. One thing I, I was thinking in my mind is since they shared the same brain and they were at this scientific facility when she was young, they were doing all kinds of experiments on them. What if that brain had been locked into to where they they've unveiled like ways to use a higher percentage of what we have? Mm-hmm. Because if you think about all the theories out there, we only use ten percent of our brain. Mm-hmm. What can we do? You know, can we use telekinesis? Can we make things move with our minds? Can we heal our own body? Can we do things that aren't natural but seem irrational until we like do him them. speaking through the radio exactly like that, yeah so i'm starting to think you know maybe you know if i suspend a little bit of belief and believe a little bit of science at the same time maybe that conjoining of the two may yeah. use more of their brain and then they could actually stretch their limbs out and well, their tendons and, and yeah and that's and that's hurt. the beauty of it the, the the unknown because I mean, there's there's nothing to prove otherwise, right? I mean, obviously, exactly. you know, if my arm's been backwards like that, even when I move forwards, I crack like a glow stick, and I'm pretty sure I'm out for this season. But 
you don't like know. A glow stick? Like a glow stick. That's me every morning just getting up. Crack. I heard that one before. Oh, man. He misses the days when Snap, Crackle, and Pop was just a serial noise that he heard. Yeah, not my fucking nickname. No. So I was wondering that, too. Like, how is, why is Gabe How I get up every morning and snap like a stick? And she was not able to do any of it. Well, and that was, I couldn't find the article that I saw from before, but there was a Q&A with, is it Ingrid? Is it Bisu? Is that how you say the I woman's name? James Wan's wife. The one, she, uh, co- Ingrid. she came up with the story with James Wan and, um, there was a third person as well. But anyway, they asked her about, you know, why you didn't explain how his powers worked, basically, like how he was able to control electricity and do all these things. And because I think that was kind of one of the complaints about the movie is that they never really got into that. And her basic answer was just kind of like, no, we never really had any intentions of explaining it. It's like, what, why? How do superheroes have their powers kind of thing? Like, we don't yeah. always have to know. Yeah, basically. why do you have to deep dive into We don't so have to know how that. They, so I thought that was actually kind of made for the most made the creature that much more, I don't know. We know why these superheroes have we don't. Yeah, we don't have to have it all explained. He's just a weird. Now, I was wondering that in the movie, but also I was figuring, like, maybe that's going to be something they're saving for part two. Cause she I could see say, that. Gabriel's like, I'll be back. And she's like, well, when you do, I'll be ready for you. So I could see that, yeah. Maybe she's got to learn some things in the next one. And Means even gave a good thing that they could use for the sequel about unlocking parts of her brain that she couldn't unlock herself. So, so but, this movie, Darren and I were talking about this before I even watched it, has been a very split decision, right? Split down the middle. You, There's no in-between. Wait, you, wait, wait. Can I, can I, I don't want to stop you, but can I... I wanted. Can, can you stop me? You, can you I stop you? Are. <laughs> I was going to throw the means real quick because I wanted before we move on to our review and reactions of it. I, there was one other kind of true story, so to speak, that this movie pulled from, and James Wan and Ingrid Bisu both said that Garrick, uh, <laughs> Gabriel, the character <laughs> what is of, happening with you, the character that? of Gabriel is what I was trying to say, and it came out character, <laughs> not the story the itself, but the character Gabriel is kind of inspired by one true. Case, true, quote unquote, around the word air quotes, and means is going to kind of get into that a little bit, and then we can talk about the reaction. So, sorry, uh, here's where it kind of came from. Um, and this this story has kind of influenced uh, American Horror Story, one of their villain characters on one of their uh, seasons, and obviously, this. Uh, but anyway, in the Boston Sunday Post published an article in December 8th, 1895. So, this is a Supposed to be a scientific society type article, but if you know anything about this newspaper, they basically published penny dreadful type trash stories gotcha. and tried to pull them off as reality. Okay. So it's probably, you know, it's uh, National Enquirer or Daily Sun of the day, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so they, uh, they would bring in stuff like human freaks, like a terrifying human crab man, uh, mermaids. Do mm. they exist or not? So this is scientific studies they supposedly did. Uh, but they came with this story named uh, a guy named Ed, Edward Mant Mordrake. And he was called the man with two faces. So here's what they said. He was a young, intelligent and good looking English nobleman, as well as a musician of rare ability. But with all of his great blessings came a terrible curse. In addition to his handsome, normal face, Mordrake had a terrifying second face on the back of his head. Mm. Now, I'm assuming this probably even influenced the uh, Harry Potter kind of thing because this lady that wrote Harry Potter was British. She probably knew the story. So, second face was said to be as 
lovely as a dream, hideous as a devil. This strange visage also possessed an intelligence of a malignant sort. That was actually in the article. Well, A malignant sort. Whenever Mordrake cried, the second face would smile and sneer. Mordrake was constantly plagued by his devil twin, which kept him up all night, whispering such things as they only speak of in hell. The young nobleman was eventually driven mad and took his own life at the tender age of 23, leaving behind a note ordering that the evil face should be destroyed after his death, lest it continues its dreadful whispering in my grave. The story of the man with two faces spread like wildfire across America and England. The public clamored for more details about Mordrake, and even medical professionals approached the story with a hint of skepticism. In 1896, uh, two American doctors, George Gould and Walter Pyle, included the Mordrake story in their books, Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine, which was a collection of just peculiar peculiar medical kind of cases, right? So, although they were legitimate ophthalmologists with successful medical practices, they're also quite gullible in at least many cases they put in their book. Uh, because it turned out, this story was probably fake. Hmm. I'm pretty sure it's real, as this man with two faces known as Harvey Dent. Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) they do have some hoax, mummified hoaxes. Maybe we can put these on on our website once we get them. Um, Hell yeah. So that's like a mummified face Mm -hmm. on a face, supposed to be the original. And then they also have like the uh, wax figure. This is in a Madame Tussauds museum. That's creepy. Wax figure of him and his face. You know, it makes me wonder, like... Well, a lot of people think the picture's real, but it's just the whack. It's a wax dummy about the story. So. I mean, you would think, though, like... I know it's not maybe entirely the same thing, but you would think there would be conjoined twins that were maybe conjoined at the head like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know... There has been, hasn't it? I would... There would have to be. I mean, there, there are those two girls that are still alive, I think. They were mm-hmm. conjoined at the head. I mean, they probably they don't share... Bodies. They don't share a brain, I'm yeah. assuming, but, you know, so... I'm, I feel like there's probably some some cases like that out there. Maybe no Gabriels, but <laughs> let's hope let's hope not, man. Those girls were like on a, like a one of those daytime talk shows or something like that. Yeah, I'm, so, I mean it's fairly recent. Yeah. So anyway, well, so so yeah, you you say that uh, loosely based on on a true story, and we put the quotations around it. True, um, it is a story. <laughs> so it is know, a that, true a story fact. yeah these stories are real and the fact that they'll live way longer than any of us do they'll still be around when we're gone well, there's that <laughs> yep. so, here's a here's a quote we're all trying to think right okay. here's right. a quote here's a quote kind of piggybacking off that a little bit um it says well james wan takes wild liberties with the medical facts for the film he did reveal we touched on this earlier that real life teratoma cases did inspire the movie and he credits his wife, Ingrid Bisu. I hope that's how you say it, or Bisu. Uh, she's going to kick your ass if you say it wrong. I know she's listening. She's rolling up her sleeves. And malignant she's screenwriter, Akella Cooper. Whoop your ass. And this is what Juan said. He says, my wife does a lot of research into medical anomalies. Uh, she goes, there are people that are actually afflicted by this thing that were born like this. And I just thought, wow. So obviously my horror movie fucked mine. Went immediately to the most messed up story I could come up with. Her and I, we just started spitballing ideas and eventually snowballed into a concept. 
the whole time I was thinking, how do I take this seed of an idea and actually turn it into a film? And what can I do with it that can possibly allow me to have fun with all kinds of practical effects that I haven't played with in a while? Blood and guts and all the cool animatronic stuff. It stemmed from all kinds of aspirations, but really that was the start of the idea. So yeah, I mean, we've touched on it a few times. It's not based on anything like an actual story, but these are the real, the real like ideas and real, you know, there is some realism to it a little bit, I guess you could say. Yeah, not and, much, and but again, the story, like you know, is definitely far fetched. But at the same time, like you said, that there's there's some truths to it, and they're taking it from other stuff, and then they're building it to be, you know, a much much more. I don't want to say made up, but they're it's kind of a far fetched version. Yeah, is what they're doing. It's like, what and, if you had a conjoined twin that can control your body? <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't that much. reveal of Gabriel there one of like the creepiest things y'all seen in a scary movie? You mean this thing? This one? Yeah. Yeah. Like you did not expect to see that when she I keep hitting like, the table because I'm going full Gabriel. She was like, Doctor, you should off. come around here and see this. You <laughs> were not expecting your eyeballs to shoot Little here, creature yeah. to be popping out of the back of her head when the camera panned around. So I mean, good, good segue with that comment because now that I we've gotten all of our behind the mayhem if we even call this podcast that out of the way, let's yeah, get many in, names. Let's get into the movie and what Ian mentioned the split that this movie had. I kind of cut him off before, but we'll I'll let you go with that now. This movie has split audiences pretty evenly, and you either love it or hate it. Is what I'm what I'm reading. Critics, fans, everybody's split down the middle. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in between. I don't know. I'm kind of in between, but I'm definitely <laughs> leaning more toward loving it. Um, but it's, it's different. And, and here's why, um, I'm pro malignant to the movie, not the disease. So here's the thing. Here's I'm pro cancerous cells. <laughs> I can explain. So here's the thing about it. A lot of people are bitching because they're saying, well, this isn't very James Wan like at all. Yeah, it very much is because to me, one of the most ridiculous far-fetched ideas I had ever seen came from James Wan, and that was a little movie by the name of Dead Silence, which Darren and I have seen. Trent has not. Ian thought it was a completely different movie. So I don't think Ian has seen it either. I watched it with you, man. In Did the theater. You? No, I... <laughs> <laughs> you know this came out in 2007, right? Yeah, I know it was a long time ago. All right, so I digress. Anyway... <laughs> It was very much dead silent, like to me. It had the same tone, same vibes. My major beef with this movie is I don't know who was doing the fucking music, but I think they should be fired. What? Yeah, the, the, not. You said something to me, and it got in my head. My bad. And you were a hundred percent correct. I felt like there were multiple directors to this movie. Yeah. And they weren't talking to each other about it. Yeah, I disagree with and that. And that's a not bit. a bad thing. I'm not knocking it. But the tone from the beginning and then the middle and then the end, three different tones to me. And that's fine. But the music was different. The music was really like hard, like rockish, like creepy, like your your early 90s horror movies to me. And then the middle starts to go Expected back. It's like an Evanescence song to come on at some yes. point. <laughs> so and then and then the middle to me started to go toward like 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 an 80s style music and then the end was very much the new age James Wan music with the creepiness and the tones and not so much on the violin as he uses in like insidious and conjuring 
but it was definitely going in that direction to me. And that's why I thought I was like, this fucking music is all over the place right now. I loved it. I didn't hate it. I just wish I just wish it would have stuck with something and rolled with it because I didn't like the tone it was setting up at the beginning. And when the movie first started, the music was kind of ruining it for me. I was just like, I don't know if I can really get into this because I don't feel like this is matching up with what they're trying to do here personally. And I, I put that nitpick to the side because I was just like, man. Well, maybe that was part of his attempt to throw you off of what this movie was really about. Because I agree, when I first started the movie, it was had this really, it was just, it felt weird. Like, I couldn't explain it. Like, I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, man, this is not what I was expecting. And maybe that was the point, because obviously it went in a completely different direction that no one was expecting. it's completely fine to do that. It's just like I said at first, and and honestly, you probably saved it for me by by warning me that it's going to, the tone will change. And it did, and it changed for the better for me. And then I was able to get past that and start picking up on on the breadcrumbs that uh, Juan and his wife and uh, the other writers of this movie were leaving. And that was, you know, we got the hospital. We've got this disease. We've got this this being that can control as a tele like a telepathic and uh, um, telepathy and all that shit. So. So you've got this going on, and then the lights flickering, and then was it a haunted house movie? Is she is she haunted? Okay, so where does the where's the wall come in? And her head is bleeding, right? Yeah, go get because that checked out. Yeah, so go get that checked out. And here's the or thing: the baby. I mean, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, so We're I all worried about her head, the baby. But the, ba- the baby, the yeah, is gone. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. Should I say my my stuff? Get into it, yeah. We're we're in full-on review breakdown mode now, so. Like I said, I didn't come in with any expectations except it was James Wan, and I like James Wan. Um, And I told uh, Trent and I watched it the same exact night. Right. Not together, but I did. No. T- I texted you immediately after I watched it because so I knew it was it, something that you would love. We watched it probably around the same time. Probably. Yeah. Because it was like 10 o'clock. It was over. And I was like, you text me right. <laughs> after that. So then they came over and I talked to talked to them about it separately. I talked to you a little bit about it separately. And my take on it, because I knew a lot of people immediately when I went on social media were friggin hating on it. And I. I love all you horror fans. I'm a horror fan, but fucking get over yourself. I was going to ask you why. You are assholes sometimes to directors. And I don't know if it's because you're too pretentious or not pretentious enough. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but some horror people just get crazy over this shit. And it's okay to, to, to set a tone for yourself and be like, this is my expectation. This is what I want. And that's fine. But then like you're saying, sometimes you just got to sit back, shut the fuck up and just try to enjoy it. Go into the movie for the experience. And Oh, well it was so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, that's what made it so good to me because like, they're marketing this movie as I mean, one thing, and it's completely different. Fucking, Sometimes when they do that, it's horrible. But I thought I thought he Tarantino's made it ridiculous half the time. But I love yeah. watching his shit. And everybody you know? loves Tarantino, and I personally he's don't, ridiculous, don't but think he's that great. I will be honest with you. I told you, and I maybe I I told you guys too much. I kept on trying to like get you, around you it, but I was you like, didn't. you actually got I was really like, excited. I was to like, watch boys, you got you got to realize to me in my eyes this is three separate films mashed yeah. into one it almost seems like the directors aren't talking to each other from scene to you know the first third to the second third to the big reveal but it i didn't want to tell you why in my mind it works for me like trent said it worked for me with the different music and stuff like that because i think 
any type of art, me being an art teacher, if it gets a negative response in a hateful manner, you fucking affected that person. If it gets a positive response and a very, and you've got people fighting, like nobody on the internet is going on saying, oh, Malignant was okay. <laughs> nobody. I have not so, read a single review. And here's either the thing. I fucking hate this piece of shit trash. Or I love this. Yeah. Thing. And I'm, no I'm, I'm with what you're saying. And that's the thing. I'm going to touch on what you just said. I'm going to touch it. Don't touch him. Touch How can you, Torrance? You got to touch it. Not like what he did with the music when we just talked last week about how James Wan uses sounds to make you think one thing's going on. But sounds and music really are, 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 are different to me. In the aspect of yes, they do go hand in hand sometimes. With he's, but that's what I'm saying. In Insidious and Conjuring, he sets the tone with the violins and 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 the hand clap and and um and he didn't the scene, want you to expect scene, that in this movie though. I I understand that, but that doesn't make it good. You know what I mean? Like to me, I just didn't like. I just didn't like the music was kind of everywhere and. Then when it got into the third act and the music changed, that's the style that he's kind of known for, and that's what I loved. And if he, if he would have kind of picked, and I'm not saying he was in charge of music, and it was just like you know, get Creed on the phone. So, <laughs> so no, yeah. So like, in a, arms wide open, <laughs> skulls wide open, skulls wide open. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could I could parody that all day long, but yeah, more of the story is, <coughs> and and I don't remember where I was going before you you uh, you said that I don't remember what I was talking about. But You're talking about what I was talking about about the three separate movies. Yeah, and and I think that no, I still don't have it. Um, well, so. I was gonna ask him while you're on that same subject while you're thinking about it. I wanted to ask Means as an avid horror expert. That's right. I'm calling you that. Yes. Why do you you're think, an avid whore? Why do you think this has such the reaction that it has as far as the love and hate i mean well i think people want to get fervent about movies especially when they're a cinephile especially when they're like a you know kind of downgraded horror cinephile they they want to they want people to to listen to their opinion and they want to feel like they're part of a group but they also like to argue i mean i get on those Mm -hmm. message boards all the time and they argue about every film but it's never been this fervent for a long. I mean, I haven't seen a. So film do you in a think that that was going to be that. my point? Is love it or hate it, everybody's talking about it. Exactly, and that's which is that's a good whether thing. it's negative or not. Like you hated the music. You hated the music, but you're going to remember that fucking music. Yeah, because you hated it. Yeah. So do you think you it's, liked the movie, but you hated the tone of the music not following through from beginning to I end? I remember hearing the music that I hated more than I remember <laughs> hearing the music that I actually liked. It stood out more. Yeah. And yeah. Now, honestly, it's maybe it's, to me, like it's it, like, he just doesn't know it yet. It's not like a <laughs> Rob. It's not like a Rob Zombie film where it's just you know we got seventy Terrible. soundtrack, awesome. You know, awesome. We know you love it, Rob Zombie, but. At the same time, Astro creep on loop for two exactly. hours. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, but uh, I mean, he actually like I I found myself confused for the first time in a long time as a horror fan because I watch everything. I watch freaking gutter trash. You know, never heard of that I'll one. Watch, I'm sure Haven't there's you? a movie called that, but I'll, I'll watch I'll watch there's stuff like that, and then I'll watch you know high high uh, quality stuff from studios. But I. I have not in a long time been this confused while I was watching a movie and then the end reveal. And I was like, you know, this is this, it it made me feel excited as a film 
you know, not because you don't get stuff like this film. all the time. Oh yeah, exactly. from a studio level. And when the ending credits roll, I just Man. went, huh. Me too. Yeah. I sit there doing the whole crest. Yeah, because I didn't open like, what the fuck did I just watch? But in a good way. In a yeah, great the way. Beginning, the beginning. That's literally what Ian here's, texted here's me. Here's where I was thinking. Fuck did I just watch? But thinking. I loved it. At the very beginning, it was making me feel 90s vibes the whole time. Exactly. 90s vibes. Yeah. And then towards the middle, I was thinking so 70s, early 80s, Jalo. I was talking about. Heavily influenced by Heavily. Jalo. I mean, even the lot, the lighting, the poster. Look at the poster. It's like Tenebrae, Dario Argento. It looks like uh, Sting. Some of those has the girl with the eye. You know the thing poking down the, the eye. Singer. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like the eye looks like a yeah. girl coming into So the so that's very heavily influenced even on the poster. And then you get to the ending, how crazy that shit was. And the fight scene was like a fucking John Woo film. Like yeah. I was in my mind, I was thinking this is the coolest fight scene I've ever seen in a horror film ever. Yeah. And it just blew me away that it had so many influences in it and it was confusing, but it was satisfying and it paid off in the end and like set up where it could be a sequel. Who knows? Now, I was told something about you, Mr. Trent, mm-hmm. that you thought specifically that I was going to hate it. I did. Well, it's one of those divisive movies and I really thought you were going to be on the negative end. Why did you think that, though? Because you're you- a negative Nancy. <laughs> No, that's Ian's words, not mine. I, <laughs> there have been some, some in my opinion, and I know everyone's, that's why their opinions are different, yeah. but in my opinion, there have been some really great classic horror movies lately that you've hated. And I thought... Do you have any examples? I know you don't like Hereditary. I know that's you don't like movie. The Witch. I know you that's don't like... Uh, I thought you didn't like The Witch either. I like The Witch, yeah. I'm sure that'll be you one of the movies movie we talk like- about. Is there an actual witch that lives the, out the street? The witch. The witch. The witch. There's both. Uh, the witch was terrible. <laughs> We're not going to get into the witch. That'll be a different episode. I'm just saying, I know that you are, are a little hard to please sometimes when it comes to your horror movies. No, and I thought you second. would. I, I think you, you've, if you name two, which probably three, because Midsommar, we talked about that one before. I hated that movie as well. Didn't you not care for Army of the Dead too much either? Army of the Dead. He doesn't like Evil Dead. He liked Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new one? Yeah. I'm not trying to get into yeah, like movies you like and dislike. I'm just saying I just I thought knowing you as a person that I thought you would not like it. But yeah, I, I thought pleasantly as a person you keep your goddamn hands uh, on the table. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do like it. Oven mitts. <laughs> like a fucking so, burn victim over so yeah, here. You but, know? but but what you're talking about is vastly different hereditary and midsummer were, were the same movie basically because it was the same director it was the same tone same style just different story and a little bit different i mean it was like it was about pagan gods both of them so they were kind of the same they go hand in hand they're like sister cousin movies to me personally i don't know can we agree on that they're very we're talking similar Kentucky, sister cousins yes sister cousins <laughs> wife yeah and uh <laughs> And uh, what was the other one? The witch. Um, I'm not I'll saying you have in, to defend your dislikes. I'll get into that, but but here's the thing. I'm just not. I'm not trying to take a shot at you, but you are also like. I feel like you're 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 not too hard to please. You're an easy please. You like I a am lot very of easy to please. That's there, true. There's not a lot of things you don't like. That is, is true. He's a I'm a lot chump. like that too. You are. <laughs> that's okay. Did, what'd you say? That he's a two pope chump. That's you. Get a guy. That's the second time that. you've done that on this podcast. That's you. That's your trademark. Get a guy. No, I mean, I, 
I, I understand where you're both coming from. Everybody has their opinions on yeah. stuff. And like, I, uh, I, I'm not a big Marvel Universe fan like you guys are. And there's some of them I think are crappy and I know you guys love them. And that's okay. Difference of opinions. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not a problem. Um, I'm very happy you did enjoy Malignant, though, because we get to have this awesome discussion about it. I just want to say that overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Like Mean said, it kept me guessing throughout the whole thing. I haven't watched a horror movie like that. I can't remember when the last time I was that I watched a horror movie that kept me guessing until the end. And then the actual twist at the end was actually worth all that weight and guessing. And then, speaking yeah. of the end, was anybody else absolutely devastated when you thought the he actually killed uh, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this motherfucker is actually winning. I thought it at first, but it was so kind of, I don't want to say so because he shot her, but it was obvious, so quick. Yeah. It went by so quickly. I was like, I feel like that would have been a more momentous moment. That's really moment. cool that he brought in like that cheesy 80s dream sequence yeah. bullshit that everybody right. kind of hates. And he put it in there and it's like, you talk he about had the, the balls to transition into the visions. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was amazing. That effect. No, I'm talking about the end. We're, we're, where he's like in the prison, oh, like yeah. it's like all yeah. shadow around him, and like all the all the weird shit that happened right there at the end. We didn't know exactly. It was just like a fucking weird dream sequence. It wasn't. People shouldn't hate on that too like, much. Professor Xavier used to do it all the time in the X Men cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Except for he would lock people in these this brick wall, mostly saber tooth. You done? No. <laughs> you done? I appreciate these insights, man. I'm picking up what you put yeah, down. Thank you. So I guess think, not everybody can talk as much as Torrance. Do but you don't think, take it so personal, man. Do you think that we'll ever see like a movie like this again in the sense that like this was basically like a, a, a B movie with like a huge studio budget kind of thing? Like can you compare it to anything else on top of your that, head? Why are people saying that? Not with the not the with the kind of twist. Like I could I could put like Tarantino. Like it's like a B movie like Planet Terror, Grindhouse. It didn't Death feel like proof. a B movie to me. Oh, it definitely felt like it was a like B a B movie. movie, but with not but with a huge budget. I felt like because you guys, we didn't talk a whole lot about it, but like the that directing not, style that, that I, did not not to cut you off, but that did not seem like something that you would go watch in a theater to me. You didn't think so? No, because I thought it had really high production value. I thought I would have loved to. No, see it's it not. It's, it's, it's not. It's not the, the production scenes. value. It was all good. It's just it seemed like a straight to to DVD movie to me. Or like something that would stream like like a Netflix style movie. Story wise, yeah. Story wise, maybe yeah. if you watch like it in the theater, you'll enjoy the musical. Story wise, I agree with that. I'm just saying, like from a production standpoint and even a directing standpoint, like you talked about James Wan and how you thought maybe there were three different directors. Like I felt like James Wan's like vision was all over this from the get go. Like his like creative. Say, I piggybacked on that idea. That was Mr. Darren Meads that actually brought. Or, well, what? Yeah, yeah. Has but he like made a his, bad movie yet? What? James Wan? It depends on who you ask. Not really. I mean, I even like his non-horror movies. Opinion, do you think he's made a bad movie yet? I can't think of one, but I... I wasn't a huge fan of Aquaman. Well, it was I okay. Know. I didn't love it, but I didn't... You know, it was a fun right. time. It was definitely one of the better DC movies. Yeah. yeah it, was, but it was just an all right movie. I... It Definitely, was, uh, it's it made the most money, didn't it, for DC? Other That's why I said earlier, I feel like this was like his using his clouds. Like, I made yeah. you all this money, now let me go make this crazy movie that no one else was willing to make. But um, but I felt like he his like his classic James Wan style was like all over this movie with his creative camera angles and his lighting. Like he uses a lot of red. I feel like in his movies and it just like his he was all over. Obviously, he was the director, but like definitely had the Argento Argento. But like how about those overhead camera shots? I was about to say that where it's like the beginning is almost like 
Because you know they had to have built that humongous set and rigged a camera up, and it literally yeah, was like a bird's eye view going from room to room. Like it was like just that. awesome. Like through the dryer and all that stuff. The Get dryer, home, and then like yeah, that one scene where the the, the was, camera yeah. like swoops up the stair, yeah. which that's not like original. But, but I mean, just, he has these at, little touches about him that you are look awesome. at stuff that that he's influenced by, like Spielberg, like Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. We just watch Poltergeist. I mean, he gets those influences and takes them up a notch. It's like. He's wanting to take what they give him and surprise the audience every time they put some. Well, and like obviously he picked up some stuff from his action movies too, because even that chase scene we talked about was great, where like the creature was flying down the fire escapes, the camera would like come out and drop yeah. down and follow yeah. him, and it just like it was just awesome. Like everything about you know, and then the action so, scene at the end, of course, where he's so tearing up that police precinct. Death and, sentence is the only one of his I haven't seen. Hmm. I haven't seen that either. I've not, seen I've not seen that or Dead Silence, but everything else I've seen, I've enjoyed. Gosh, it we need to do a watching of Dead Silence since you two have not seen it. Apparently. I have seen it. We'll do another episode on it. We'll just make this a James and I, Wan and podcast. I told, I told Trent, um, I actually own it on Voodoo, and you can log into my account and watch it because it is worth a watch. And we can't I don't think I've seen it's it. It's not based on anything on truth, first came out. Well, neither is this, and we're... It is though, kind of very, a little bit. I feel like we're reaching on. I had to re- do on the dead silence. I had saying, to reach oh, a little bit just so we could do an episode on it. <laughs> That's kind of what we there are ventriloquists starting in the Egyptian times. That's kind of what this episode is. I feel I'll like tell you I had to reach I, just to be able true. to do. I tell you, another one I need to revisit is The Shining. Is that based on anything? Means the Overlook Hotel and the Haunting is there. There you go. See, we got to do that. Because I also haven't watched that since I was a kid. That, Future there's, episode there's plug. A, there's a good story to be had there because uh, Stanley Kubrick really went away from the book. Oh, yeah. Didn't Stephen King hate it? He still hates it. Yeah. But Dr. Sleep he liked, which yes. actually wasn't a bad movie. I loved, that. loved Dr. Sleep. Didn't read the book. Speaking of great horror uh, modern influencers, Mike Flanagan did Dr. Sleep. He does a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah. should do some of his movies if they fit the criteria. I don't know. We'll make them fit somehow. I feel like we're winding down. We all love the movie. Well, we all gave we, our we, thoughts. I mean, we you all... guys would be willing to like open like a poll of like, you know, like we obviously have our movies we want to do and set in our mind. But if anybody obviously has anything that we've maybe not thought about, they could throw it out there when we start doing the social media well, means, thing. And... Means has a list of like 50 titles or more. Probably more than that. You say 50? Sure. 50? 500. There you go. I was going to say. Yeah, it was like zero. 400, wasn't it? There was a lot. That's exciting. I'm we'll sure have to get, we'll, we'll share that we'll share that with you. you know. But now, yeah, yeah, now like, so far we've done we've done a, a shark movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still need to research that one a little bit, but which we will, and uh, I think that'd be a good one to come out during spooky time. So, yeah. Any final thoughts on *Malignant*? I feel like we've gotten most of what we want to say out there, but we um, all we all I'll watch it, it again. Definitely, I definitely want to watch it again. It'll be part of my collection. Absolutely. Instant classic, maybe. You go there? Uh, I would say in my eyes it's a classic. It, it's time will tell with the <laughs> horror fans, the community. I feel like it's definitely not a forgettable type. I mean, you're no, going to remember yeah, that we, movie we and you're going to remember it. It's not like you're just typical, oh, that was kind of okay. That was, Which is give, funny because it wasn't really a scary movie. Like, did you all? It wasn't really scary. It was like, I want to give credit to that couch scene because even though they showed that in the trailer, like I still thought it was really creepy the way that. Shadow, I guess it was Gabriel sitting there now. How it kind of the cushion. Yeah, but I thought it was a ghost at the time, and then he turns on the lights and the cushion. Subverting your expectations. I was like, damn, that's creepy because he's better than me because I'm going to be the fuck out of this house already. (laughs) (laughs) 
gone. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> None of that shit. Not for me tonight. It's real live. I would already be gone. Yeah, you can sure. have that TV. I'm good. Ian, don't time, hit man. the table. That was the first time for me. I know I've hit it like you know, 20 got any, times. You got any little fun things that your sh- charcuterie was pretty good, your drink's good? If you had, okay, here's my question. We'll end on this. <laughs> if you had a parasitic twin mm. anywhere on your body, where do you want him? Okay. Ooh. <laughs> Dealer's <laughs> choice, huh? All right. And why? Wait, do I pick for myself or can I pick for Trent? <laughs> it depends. Does it have powers like Gabriel? Well, I mean, you can put powers in it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's your tumor, Trent. Well, I don't get to pick where they go. Well, I guess it was hypothetical. That's literally the question. You definitely get to pick right now. <laughs> I don't know. Not my head because I wouldn't want him controlling my brain. I'll rule that out. Yeah, but you also don't want it on your spine. <clears throat> controlling your spine. I don't know about my like my ankles. Maybe you could like give me a boost and I could like dunk in basketball or something. Wait, does he talk to you? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Why is Trent's ankles talking shit to me? Well, right? if he's okay. talking and we get to be buddies and maybe just like my I will, arm here. Or I want one on my ass. That way if if I don't wipe good enough, he could tell me. Oh wow. Uh, Wouldn't that be uncomfortable if, to sit on though? If I'm pissed at him, I would sit on him. Doesn't your body tell you that? If anyway? if I if I uh, if I like want want girls to look at my ass a little better, I'd say puff your cheeks out, buddy. See, I mean, like, would you name him Ben? Bend over, bend over, faux show. Your ass is whistling. If at I ever go to prison, you. if I ever go to prison, somebody tries to rape me. Oh yeah, bite his dick off. That some bitch would be like, get out of here. He'd be like, oh shit. There's a face yeah, on your ass. Took a weird turn. I think we're just James. If you're listening, here's all your sequel ideas you'll ever need. <laughs> He just pops up on Madison's ass. I'm back, baby. <laughs> you know what? Literally. You know I'm what? Back. I'd watch that. All right, well. Oh, excuse me. That's, uh, Baby's got back. That's popping up on her ass. That's James Wang. Sorry. <laughs> that's a James Wang movie. I would want my tumor to be on the palm of my hand so that way I could tell people, talk to the hand, and I really mean it. <laughs> Bring him back at early nineties. My God, is he gonna have the little? Is he gonna have the little stick arms coming out of your hand? Or? Be honest, you want it on the palm of your hand that way it could give you a blowjob and a head job at the same time. <laughs> if it's like Gabriel, you I don't want it anywhere. Bastard. If it's like Gabriel, I don't want it anywhere near my junk. Are you I gotta bite it off. Are you gonna switch it up? Go to the left hand. Then? Yep, gotcha. Sometimes you got sacrifices switch up have to be made. Damn right. All right, Ian Torrance, we're going to need to know your answer. Uh, can I choose nowhere near my fucking body? Is that a choice? <laughs> can I not fucking have it? In your beard. I was going to say, you'd have it. Under my beard would be perfect, or on my legs, because nobody believes they exist anyway. I've seen them once in like 30 years. That's right. Once. It wasn't 30 years ago. I'm not that I old. got him to go to football practice once, mm-hmm. and then he never came back. But I got to see his <laughs> legs that day. It's true. He had shorts. Nobody believed they existed. Special day. There they were. They're real. Just two fucking chopsticks under these jeans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is our show. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully you check us out for our next episode. This has been the Horror You Know podcast. In the dead of night, when the moon is high, and the shadows dance, the evil will rise. Oh.